Welcome to the Pain-Free Zone. Your host, Nisi Edwards, is founder of the Fibro Patient Education and Support Organization, and she's here to offer help and hope to the millions of individuals who suffer from chronic pain. Now, here's Nisi Edwards. Welcome, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to the Pain-Free Zone. I am your host, Nisi Edwards. Dr. Blackman, Hal Blackman, will be joining us uh, shortly. But while we're waiting on Dr. Blackman, how's everyone doing today? Hope you're doing well. Hope not only are you doing well, that your family is doing well. So today, what we're going to be discussing is we're going to pick up where we left off with Dr. Blackman last month. And then I'm going to be talking to you about bereavement. So this show is the pain-free zone, moving from pain to wellness. What we're going to be talking about is, you know, there's a lot of different types of pain, right? Um, We're going to be talking about today the pain that is caused by the COVID pandemic. Uh, Many of you may have experience a loved one that has passed away from COVID or someone with COVID. Uh, You may have heard about people or be friends with people who have experience with that. And I'm going to share with you uh, our recent tragedy in my family with the passing of my sister, Char. Um, My sister, Char, was just a lovely, beautiful person. And um, I feel that I'm still reeling from her loss. We buried her about two and a half weeks ago. And I tell you, it is one of the most painful things that I have experienced in a long time. Very, very, very painful. And I was thinking about today and actually for ever since she passed, just, you know, dealing with that coming to terms with that. And then I recognize for my own self, you have to allow yourself to heal. You have to allow yourself to grieve. We all grieve in in different ways, but we know that grieving is a part of life. We all experience loss at some point in our lives and it's painful to deal with. So there are different stages of grief and it's really difficult to accept the unacceptable. But the stages of grief, you know, accepting the unacceptable, that's really hard, right, for a lot of people, definitely myself included. So before we get into the stages of grief, I just want to share some things with you about my sister. Um. I have six siblings, and I'm the youngest of six. And in addition to that, my um, sister was the second oldest girl. And again, as I mentioned, I'm the youngest. And um, she taught me at a very early age, you know, about arts and craft. We had that in coming. Uh, you know, as well as baking, although I really learned more about baking from my grandmother. But she and I had that in common, you know, the arts and the crafts, the creativity. It is her guidance that led me to a career in the 
health insurance industry, and then from there working in healthcare because she worked in healthcare. So I learned a lot from my big sis, as I called her, and uh, I will miss her. But one thing about my sister is she was unvaccinated, folks. And this is not a show or a topic about today about should you or should you not. I'm just sharing with you my story, what my family is dealing with, and how we are trying to move from the pain of losing a loved one to wellness. And that has taken this toll on everyone in my family. So my sister, as I mentioned, was unvaccinated. That was her choice. Although we had told her numerous times, we felt that she needed to be vaccinated. And that was not something that she wanted to do. Well, you can't tell grown folks what to do, right? That's a choice that we each have to make. But, you know, when you see on the news and the media where they're talking about COVID, what they don't tell you is what that's like behind the scenes. They don't tell you about the mental, physical, and spiritual anguish that the families are dealing with. That's something that no one shows you. And that's something that my siblings and I, you know, are dealing with. So anyway, I mentioned to you that my sister was not vaccinated. That was her choice. We have reached out to her numerous times about getting vaccinated. She refused to get vaccinated. And it was around September 24th. It was her birthday and she was dining out for dinner with a friend. She had invited me to join her. Um, I chose not to join her for her birthday because I knew that she was unvaccinated. Uh, I am vaccinated, but I also have uh, an autoimmune condition. So for people who have an autoimmune condition, you have to be very careful uh, because when you have an autoimmune condition, your, your health, you know, you're immunocompromised, which means that it's easier for you to get infections. So you have to guard yourself. And, you know, that's hard for many people because they'll say, well, that's my loved one. I should be able to be around this person. Well, I'm here to tell you, you need to guard your heart, guard, have those energetic boundaries around you. Because if people choose not to get vaccinated or if people do choose to get vaccinated, that's still their choice. But for the people who are immunocompromised, please listen to me clearly. You must be extra careful in terms of whom you're hanging out with um, because you do not want to get COVID. Now, you can be vaccinated, yes, and still get COVID. But here's the thing about the vaccine. The vaccine was, was not designed to prevent you from ever getting COVID. The vaccine was designed basically to keep you, basically, as many have said, from dying from COVID. It was designed so that, um, I should not say designed, I should say that the vaccine was created and how it benefits you is in the event you do get COVID, you will bounce back or should be able to bounce back more quicker than those who are unvaccinated. So I'll give you an example of that. One of my neighbors is fully vaccinated. She was hanging out with friends in another state who were unvaccinated. She developed COVID shortly thereafter. 
But being fully vaccinated, yes, she was sick. She wound up developing pneumonia, but she's on the mend now. She's she's okay. And she has shared with me yesterday that had she not been vaccinated, she does not feel that she would have survived it. And so what she's dealing with now is, you know, the, the fatigue, fatigue, the loss of taste, scent, or smell, and um, just a lot that she's dealing with. So when it comes down to that, um, we have to show kindness and love to ourselves. You know, we have to be gentle to ourselves. That's very important in order to survive this. So with my sister, as I mentioned, she was um, unvaccinated. That was her choice. But this was was really hard. So when she started having COVID symptoms, they were really bad. With um, the inability, she was having some severe breathing issues, um, coughing issues. When she first went to the emergency room, there were no beds. Think about that. You go to the emergency room, you're that sick, there are no beds. Why is that? That's really happening across the country because a lot of the unvaccinated are using those beds because they are unvaccinated. They've gotten very sick and they require a lot of medical care. So the hospital sent my sister back home and they gave her a pulse oximeter to check her oxygen level. And when they sent her back home with the pulse oximeter, that was a problem because they forgot to give her batteries to put into it. So she could not determine her breathing. She called the hospital a few times to let them know that there was something wrong with it. They did replace it. But by that time, they had told her that she definitely needed to come back into the hospital. And then at that point in time, they found a bed for her. Okay, so when they found a bed for her, she was um, admitted. She was admitted to the COVID unit. She was in the on the COVID unit for a week. And I'm going to tell you, that was a very grueling experience for her as well as it was for us. Being on that COVID unit, she could not, of course, have any visitors. Um, she was basically alone by herself. But as a woman of faith, we know that God was there with her. But in a certain regard, she was still alone, meaning that family could not be present with her. The breathing was just rough. It was difficult. And I think at that point in time, she recognized that, hey, I decided not to be vaccinated and what's going to become of me. In fact, my sister said to one of her doctors, okay, I'm so sick. I'll take the vaccine now. I didn't know it would be this bad. And the doctor had to sadly tell her that it was too late for her to be vaccinated because now she had had COVID and that if she was to survive, then she can receive the vaccine later. But now that she was that ill, now it was too late to give her the vaccine. So they had her on multiple liters of oxygen. 
At one point, they had her even on 30 liters of oxygen. It eventually went up to 80 liters of oxygen, and I'll get to that in just a minute. No matter how much oxygen they gave her, it was never enough. What they were trying to do was when she was in the bed so much after, I would say, the fourth day, they were trying to work with her to get her to start moving around a little bit for fear that she would catch pneumonia. But when she would move, what would happen is her breathing, you know, her oxygen level would just drastically drop. Okay, so that was a problem. And they could not figure out what to do to get that back up for her, the oxygen level. So it was one day, it was up, it was down, and it was up. Um, I'm sorry, we're going to take a brief commercial break. Uh, Dr. Blackman is here, and we will be right back with the pain-free zone. Thank you. Soul Care Services Incorporated, DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus. At Soul Care Services Incorporated, we take great pride in helping patients return to an independent and fulfilling life. Improving patient outcomes by providing a continuum of care through disease and care management. Why choose us? Our staff is multilingual. Communication between patients and their health care providers is fundamental for ensuring quality health care and developing trusting relationships. It is an important component of patient satisfaction, compliance, and outcomes. When a healthcare professional can understand their patients' questions and concerns, they can mitigate their confusion and truly understand what help they seek. Do you need health care in the home? Then call us today, 847-260-5140, or visit www.soulcareservices.com. Soul Care Services Incorporated, DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus. Your health is our only concern. Welcome back to the Pain-Free Zone. Here's Nisi Edwards. Welcome back, everyone, to the Pain-Free Zone. I'm your host, Nisi Edwards, and Dr. Blattman is with us today. Dr. Blattman, how are you doing? Can you hear me okay? Nisi, I hear you fine. <clears throat> Thank you so much, and so sorry for the delay. That's okay. You know, that, that happens. In fact, we've had some problems here in, in Illinois. You know, the um, Internet has been down for many of us, so uh, we're now back up and running. So I'm, I'm glad you're here. I was a little bit worried early if we would be able to do the show, but the Internet is back working now. So what good news do you have for us today? Where are we going to pick up? <laughs> well, we have a holiday season coming up. We have Holiday stress, holiday food, holiday people. Um, what do you think we should would be best for everybody to hear about today? Um, I'm going to leave that to your judgment, but I will say with the holiday, all those things, stress, definitely uh, the food. And, you know, it's just a lot going on because for many people, Dr. Blackman, you know, the stress, the food, but mainly I think a lot of the stress because, um, holiday time can be very difficult, you know, for many people, loss of a loved one, or, um, it doesn't even have to be the loss of a loved one. It could be the loss of a relationship, just so many different things. So wherever you feel is appropriate to go with that, go ahead. Well, the parts that I can talk about most are holiday stress and holiday food. Okay. 
So one of the things that really stresses people out around the holidays is all the company and all the issues around food when the company comes. And one of the things that you can do is turf the food out to another source. You could possibly everybody go out to a restaurant. You could possibly have the food catered and brought in in some way. There's lots of restaurants and we've gotten used to ordering out and bringing food in with uh, the quarantines that have happened in the last two years. So there's lots of restaurants that are doing that now. It might be easy to bring food in so that you can have all your guests contribute so it's not such a financial burden. And that way, not everybody has all the work to do in the kitchen, so there's more free time to spend with your family and guests. And um, sometimes that can be a real nice way to make things a lot more relaxing. What do you think about that? That sounds real good. Now, you know, I I can only speak for me personally. Um, I come from, you know, a rather large family like most people in the holiday time in our household growing up. It was just great for everyone to be pitching in cooking, you know, in the kitchen. And I remember with my mom, Dr. Blackman, um, I would cook with her. So I learned a lot about that process. But I tell you, that does sound good because you know what? It's less stress, especially if Mm -hmm. you're having a lot of people coming. And even if you're not having a lot of people, I think that's great because you get to enjoy the holidays a little bit more and spend more time with your loved ones instead of spending all that time cooking a meal and being so fatigued where you can't even enjoy yourself or your guests. And you get to spend your time with your people rather than spending your time doing all the things you enjoy in the kitchen, but take you away from the conversations that make the real relationship. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, those conversations, we need more of those conversations because sometimes some of our our guests and family may be people that we haven't seen for years. And we don't want to waste those valuable moments and time focus on cooking a dish because they may not be with us the next year or that you may not see them again. So we need to spend the time, I feel, enjoying one another while we can. And you know how everybody says, come make it to this year's Thanksgiving because it could be the last time that we're all together as a family. Well, then spend your time together as a family. Maybe you enjoy the kitchen work, but even when you enjoy the kitchen work, think back on how stressful it is to be doing all that. Even when you're having a good time, even when you're enjoying it, it's a way different level of activity than sitting in the living room with the family, sitting in the family room with the family, conversing with your children, grandchildren, friends, family you haven't really seen in in quite a while. It's a very different relationship to really be present and you can't be cooking and be present at the same level. You're absolutely right. Um, I'm following your guidance regarding that. I've been married for 32 years, and in 32 years of marriage, I've cooked for every holiday um, except for one. And for this year, um, for Thanksgiving, I am actually going to be visiting uh, family who are going to be doing the cooking this year. We've We've experienced a recent death in our family, and I'm going to be joining them, renewing that relationship and, you know, just catching up and, you know, just being there um, for them. And, you know, that was really hard not 
cooking, you know, because I'm so used to doing that. But I did, Dr. Blackman, tell my husband, okay, we're going to go there for Thanksgiving, but I'm still going to cook something for us at home, you know, for the next day. But I do understand what you're saying. That's really valuable, isn't it? Being able to spend time with our loved ones. Yes. And, you know, for many years, we went out for Thanksgiving dinner and it was wonderful. Um, Instead of um, our family having to cook and prepare the food, which usually turns out to be the ladies and the wives and the mothers, we went out to dinner and when the children, and there were lots of children, and they would fuss, I don't like this, I don't want to eat that. And you know how if you're cooking, you know, and somebody doesn't want to (laughs) got to make something else, it took all that away because, hey, we're in a restaurant. If it's on the menu, go ahead and order it. If it's not on the menu, I guess you're not going to be able to get that today. That's right. You have to make do with what's on that menu. (laughs) And it took all that right out of the picture, which was, you know, so so um such a blessing when everybody has their specific needs and wants and fussiness and so forth and so on another thing i'd like to to talk about is make this year's food a little bit healthier there's so much there's so much you know when you eat the really unhealthy food you get up from the table you're really drowsy and you go sit down and you fall asleep you can't really help with the cleanup you can't help with can't even make it to the dessert necessarily and we've always taught that it was the turkey that did that to people well it's not the turkey and it's not the tryptophan it's the sugar and the bread flour that puts yes. you asleep so this year order your food gluten-free check out a gluten-free pie they're available in way more places in the country than we ever had five years ago and don't eat a potato dish. Potatoes have too much sugar. They put you to sleep. And when you make the sweet potato casserole, don't put brown sugar on it. And when you make the macaroni and cheese, use macaroni that's not coming from bread flour. Maybe use rice pasta. And maybe instead of a cheese mix, use real cheese. And for your family that has to be dairy-free, use goat cheese and sheep cheese. And you'll be able to find you can have a wonderful thoroughly tasty Thanksgiving with much healthier food that doesn't cause you the pain and the tiredness and missing the afternoon when you really want to spend that time with your relatives and friends and family. And now you've just pigged out on a meal that wasn't so healthy and put yourself to sleep as a result. And then the (laughs) next day you wake up really uncomfortable and in pain and that doesn't have to be there either. That's true. And when you were talking about, you know, what's causing you going to sleep, you're you're absolutely right. Because I was thinking, okay, so with um, for those that, you know, like turkey and they, they, they want their dressing, they eat all that dressing, the stuffing. And like you said, afterwards, they're so tired, they can barely keep their eyes open. And I've seen in the grocery store, you know how they have those cubes of bread and um They have all the other stuff, you know, in the bread with the seasoning and whatnot. What I often say is you don't know how long that stuff has been sitting in the grocery store anyway. And maybe look for more alternative, you know, more healthier options like you just mentioned. (laughs) And you can make a gluten-free stuffing. And if you're really a good cook and you pride yourself in being a good cook, modify that family recipe. If you're really good Test it out a couple of times before Thanksgiving, before the holiday. Make sure it works. Instead of the mashed potatoes, make mashed cauliflower. If you get the texture right, it's really, really close. Put goat milk yogurt on it instead of sour cream. 
And you've just made yourself a much different Thanksgiving meal that people will get up from, not be sick, still be energized, still be awake for the afternoon. Your holiday will be much enjoyably different. And I hear that with the cauliflower uh, mash that it doesn't even taste like cauliflower. You know, for many people, they can't even tell it. So you said cauliflower with goat or sheep's cheese, correct? If you want cheese in it, if you want it like sour cream, use some goat milk yogurt. Okay, that's that's fine. That sounds yummy, actually. If you want to put butter on it, use ghee, G-H-E-E, from grass-fed cows. You can actually order that directly. Just put it online and it'll come to your door and... You get all the taste in butter and fat of butter without having the parts of butter that would make you hurt or cause you a headache the next day or make your muscles tighten. Well, that I have actually tried myself. Uh, I've purchased that from some of the you know local health food stores. So I have had good experience with that. So I do second that. I do actually like that product. What else do you recommend with the foods? Stay away from the cakes. Okay. <laughs> Have some tea at the end and enjoy the tea and maybe use some imagination. If you really want some chocolate, get dark chocolate that doesn't have much sugar in it and pass out a little bit of that would be way healthier. Or get a gluten-free pecan pie or a gluten-free apple pie or pumpkin pie and enjoy that. And it will have some sugar in it, but it won't have the bread flour and the bread flour bites many of us much more than the sugar. Yes, I think I'm going to work on making perhaps a gluten-free pecan pie. Um, some people like that with coffee. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I'm going to test that out before Thanksgiving. For a few years in a row, we've been able to buy gluten-free pecan pie at Whole Foods. Okay, I go there frequent, so I will look for one. So you may not even have to do the work. Okay. I like, you know, for the, the holidays, I just like being able to cook something, you know, from love to share with my family. So although this year we're not doing Thanksgiving at home, but I probably still, you know what I mean, look at baking something to share with others, you know, part of just being thankful. But I do love these time savers because especially when you're working a long job, you know, a full-time job and you get home and you have the kids, you're just feeling so overwhelmed anyway. So these are nice time savers. What else you got for us today? (laughs) Oh, I think those are the highlights. Okay. If we can leave people with just those things, that's enough to make a huge difference in your holiday season this year. We've talked about how to lower your stress. We've talked about how to change your food and make it more compatible with your biology so you don't wake up in the pain, discomfort, and have the fatigue after the meal. I think just those changes will change your holiday. Yes, and those are really ample changes. So I thank you for that. I know your time is very limited today. You have to get back to seeing patients, but I thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy morning to be with us. And we will be looking forward to next month with you. Thank you, Nisi. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy your holiday, everybody. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Blackman. Bye now. Bye. Everyone, we're going to go to a short uh, commercial break, and we'll be right back. Soul Care Services Incorporated, DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus. At Soul Care Services Incorporated, we take great pride in helping patients return to an independent and fulfilling life. 
improving patient outcomes by providing a continuum of care through disease and care management. Why choose us? Our staff is multilingual. Communication between patients and their health care providers is fundamental for ensuring quality health care and developing trusting relationships. It is an important component of patient satisfaction, compliance, and outcomes. When a healthcare professional can understand their patients' questions and concerns, they can mitigate their confusion and truly understand what help they seek. Do you need health care in the home? Then call us today, 847-260-5140, or visit www.soulcareservices.com. Soul Care Services Incorporated, DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus. Your health is our only concern. You're listening to the Pain-Free Zone on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Nisi Edwards. Welcome, everyone, to the Pain-Free Zone. I'm your host, Nisi Edwards. I hope you enjoy um, those tips from Dr. Blattman. You know, he's with us every month, uh, the first 20 minutes, just giving us some really helpful wellness tips. I mean, I really like those tips that he provided today because if you think about it with the holidays approaching oh my goodness can you believe that we're in november already so um think about that you know for those of you who may have young children or children extended family coming in you may be feeling tired overwhelmed whatever think about what dr blackman said in terms of maybe this year you will cater out and you know and have the food delivered or you pick it up. You don't necessarily have to do everything yourself. He also mentioned that uh, sometimes they dine out um, and that makes it easier. So since we're in a pandemic, what I recommend if you decide to dine out, think about, you know, of course, where you're going to go, verify their hours uh, of operation. So um, thanks to Dr. Blattman. So what we were talking about earlier was I was sharing with you all that my sister Shar had passed away of COVID and that that is a different type of pain, the type of pain that they don't talk about. When you hear about someone being diagnosed with COVID or passing away from COVID, they don't really share with you, at least I haven't seen it, what it's really like for the families of the people that's dealing with that. This, for me, is a new type of pain because this pandemic, no matter who you are or where you're at, it has impacted our routines. It has impacted our social lives. Think about it. Not only our routines, not only our social lives, but think about it has also impacted school. Think about kids, the children with school, not being able to go to school or having to, you know, have uh, e-learning at home. Think about work, depending upon your profession. You may not be able to go into the office. Your job may have transitioned to work from home. Many people wish they could work from home, but depending upon what your occupation is, you may not be able to do so. So all of this routine, social life, school, work, and much, much more, Basically, it has caused a loss of lives around the globe. So we've lost our sense of normalcy. Think about it. The way things used to be, 
are no longer. So we're in this new this new stage, right? Um, we don't know how long it's going to last or when we're going to come out of it. I don't know about you all, but sometimes, you know, you hear that, okay, we're on the men that we can open back up more and that we're going to be fine. And then something happens um, where we have to go on lockdown again. And I know that it is difficult for everyone, especially businesses, because this is something that we haven't had to deal with in a long, 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 long time. So with this pandemic, okay, um, it's a lot to have to deal with. I was looking at something this morning and it states that um, more than 5 million people have died so far from the coronavirus as of November 9th of this year. That's a lot of people, a lot of people. And many people have never experienced it close. When I say close, I mean, they may not have had somebody in their family who has had COVID that passed away. They may have family and friends, or they may know of, uh, I should say, they, they may have family and friends who have it, but not necessarily passed away from it. So right now, um, as I was sharing with you all earlier about my sister, she was unvaccinated. She died from COVID. Uh, that's something that we're still reeling from her death. When she went into the hospital, initially, they could not admit her because they didn't have any more beds. And then when a bed was made available, they admitted her. And it was very difficult for her because she had severe difficulties breathing. And she did ask the doctor at that point in time, could she receive the vaccine? But they told her that it was too late for her to be vaccinated, you know, that she would have to wait until things improved um, and that she was on the other side of the mountain from this. Because at that point in time, I think for my loved one, this is someone who just outright refused to be vaccinated, which is her choice. And I'm struggling to accept that choice. I'll be very honest because I feel that if she was potentially vaccinated, that she would still be here. But that was her choice to make in what she didn't recognize at that point in time was the impact that it was going to have on those of us that she left behind. She left behind two daughters. One is 29 and then one is 39, whose birthday is going to be on Thanksgiving Day. She also left behind two grandchildren. One is two years of age and then the one is nine years of age. And what's ironic about that is um, my sister's oldest daughter her birthday is on Thanksgiving. Her son's birthday is on Thanksgiving. And her oldest daughter was also born uh, in November. And um, that's just really, really hard because they miss their mother deeply. I miss my sister deeply. Just the thought of her not being here. Sometimes I want to pick up the phone, you know, and call her or hear her voice. And then I recognize that I can't even do that because she's not there. 
accepting the unacceptable has really been hard for me as someone with an autoimmune condition and fibromyalgia. These are, these are stressors and we have to learn how to manage them because if we don't learn how to manage them, it's gonna manage us. So this persistent grief, you know, there's different stages. There's the, there is the denial stage. There's the anger stage. There's the bargaining stage. There's the depression stage. There is the acceptance stage. Um, I think I've gone and experienced all of them, but acceptance, I'm just not there yet. And I don't know when I will get there. It's been hard. When she was on the COVID unit, she was having difficulty breathing. And um, they had told a family that at some point in time, if things didn't improve, they would have to move her to ICU. And that's what happened. She spent a week on the COVID unit and then they did move her to the ICU unit. And um, she was then on 80 liters of oxygen and she still couldn't get enough air. They had talked to her uh, about possibly being intubated. But you know what? Sometimes we don't know what we don't know. Sometimes we're fearful. Sometimes we have misconceptions of what it means to be intubated because they did want to intubate her and she refused to be intubated. Um, she thought, to be honest, that she would be in a coma and never recover. So again, not understanding and, and actually I don't really know if she was fully in her right frame of mind at that time where she can fully understand everything and comprehend it. She was a very intelligent woman. She worked in healthcare just like I do. But, you know, no matter how much knowledge you have, when you're battling a serious chronic illness like that, you can't always think clearly for yourself. You can't always advocate for yourself. So in her situation, she really suffered. And that's what I'm talking about. They don't talk about those things on the news. They, they, you don't see the behind the scenes of what the person with COVID actually experiencing. You don't see and get to feel and reach out and touch the mental and emotional anguish of the families. She suffered greatly. She had so much pain. At one point, she said to some of the family members, please don't let me die in here. That was gut-wrenching for me. Because when your loved one says, please don't let me die in here, what can you do? What can you do when they have COVID? What can you do when you can't heal them? They have to be there to get help. She was scared. And that's really painful that she was so scared and there was nothing we can do to help her. I would pray for her when she was able to talk. I would pray for her. I would try to speak with her via phone. She was in and out of it, but I would still pray for her. 
pray for myself to get the strength to do what I could to help her. Forgive me for being emotional, but this is a battle that I'm still trying to deal with. That pain that she experienced, so much pain, pain all over her body, pain from struggling to breathe. At one point, they told her that they were going to, that they wanted to put her on morphine to help with the pain. She didn't want to be on any morphine and she fought that to the, to the, to the end until pain was so severe. Um, and she had no choice to get some relief. They had her on remdesivir, um, you know, other meds as well, trying to find something that would work for her. And um, at one point in time, I thought she was coming back to us. It was a Saturday. She started speaking a little bit clearly. She was laughing. And uh, I thought, wow, she's going to come back home to us. It's, it's going to be okay. I had been praying about it. And I said to my other siblings, I said, God is going to restore our family. He's going to bring her back to us. And that day that she was so happy, that was a Saturday. And after a Saturday came and went, things went downhill. And then from Saturday, when Sunday came, she took a turn for the worse. And um, they were trying to figure out what to do. Her lungs. So see, that's the thing with COVID. You know, there are so many symptoms of COVID. And with those COVID symptoms, the one that she dealt with that had the most effect on her was the breathing. So with with the symptoms, it can be, you know, the fever, chills. It can be the coughing. It can be the shortness of breath or difficulty breathing, which is what she experienced. It could be the fatigue. She definitely experienced that. The muscle and body aches, that, the headaches, um, the loss of taste and smell, the sore throat, the congestion, the runny nose, the nausea, the vomiting, the diarrhea. She had basically all those symptoms. But the trouble breathing and the persistent pain and pressure in her chest made it so painful for her. Think about it. When you have all those symptoms attacking your body all at one time, you're in a war zone because your body, you know, is trying to fight off all these different infections. Your body is trying to get the strength it needs to fight. Your body is trying to do what it can to heal. Then when you can't sleep, because, you know, it's, you know, when you can't get proper sleep, guess what? Your body cannot heal. So in addition to all that, you know, she has some confusion. At times she was not in her right frame of mind and uh, it was painful knowing that she was experiencing all that. So as I mentioned, when Sunday came, 
and things took a turn for the worse. Monday came and um, got even worse. And then Tuesday, I got a phone call that said, um, pay your final respects. And that was hard. Very hard. It's very hard to pay final respects. I had held out hope that she would be returning to us. And she didn't. And we're going to take a brief uh, commercial break. Thank you. Soul Care Services Incorporated, DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus. At Soul Care Services Incorporated, we take great pride in helping patients return to an independent and fulfilling life. Improving patient outcomes by providing a continuum of care through disease and care management. Why choose us? Our staff is multilingual. Communication between patients and their health care providers is fundamental for ensuring quality health care and developing trusting relationships. It is an important component of patient satisfaction, compliance, and outcomes. When a healthcare professional can understand their patients' questions and concerns, they can mitigate their confusion and truly understand what help they seek. Do you need health care in the home? Then call us today, 847-260-5140, or visit www.soulcareservices.com. Soul Care Services Incorporated, DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus. Your health is our only concern. Now, let's get back to the pain-free zone. Here's Nisi Edwards. Welcome back, everyone, to the pain-free zone. This is your host, Nisi Edwards. So grief um, can be unexpected, definitely unpredictable. There's really nothing predictable about grief. You know, there, 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 there really is nothing predict, predictable about it. Um, there is a lot of grief. There is a lot that we experience in this world. And when um, I received that call to pay my final respects to my sister, at that point, she was in ICU. Um, what the hospital was kind to do for the family is um, they used Zoom. And what they did was they allowed us to log into their Zoom account and pay our respects via video. So I could see her. You know, I told her how much I loved her. I talked to her. Um, I saw how much she was struggling to breathe. And I knew that the time she had remaining was short. And after I told her how much I loved her, about two hours later, she did pass away from COVID. You know, we live in a culture of needing to look as if we've got it all together. We don't embrace the grieving process. We cannot go through life without experiencing some loss. And we need to give ourselves the time and the space to mourn. And I'm not going to be walking around here as if I've got it all together because I'm hurting. 
just like many of you may be hurting. And there's no shame in saying that you are hurting because we have to be able to grieve. And though for those of you who have lost a loved one during this pandemic, it may be harder to grieve because think about it. In some respects, we have been deprived of our ability to really grieve. We may feel like we're in this state, you know, of limbo. I know and have seen on the news many people who have passed away due to COVID and you couldn't um, really funeralize the people, you know, like you normally would do with their, in the African-American community, we refer to it as our home uh, going service. You really couldn't be able to do that because, you know, there was limits on how many people could be at the funeral home. You know, they were put limits on that for COVID. And so not being able to really have the type of memorial service that culturally you may be accustomed to, okay, that's that's an experience. That's a process because, you know, you may feel that you really didn't get that final closure that you needed to really connect with other family members to process what has happened. So finding meaning after this loss is an important part of grieving. Now, when I share with you all that I had prayed to God and I really thought that he was going to restore our family. God did, just not in the way I thought he would do it. So um, what has come out of her passing is that her adult children, her grandkids, we have all strengthened and, you know, we're working on renewing those relationships. Um, I have told her, her children that, you know, their mom is gone. I'm not their mom, but I'm here for them, that I love them. And if there's anything that I can do for them and their children, I'm here for them. And I even told my sister right before she passed away that I'm here. I'm going to be there for your girls. I'm going to be there for your grandkids. I'm going to do what I need to do to let them know that your side of the family that my sister's side of the family is here for them with love and open arms. And we're here to support them, care for them, and to provide for them. Yes, they have their father's family and he's doing all that. But by this being my sister, her children, what's important for me is to let them know that, hey, I'm here you because you know I had to recognize that just like I'm grieving the loss of a sibling they're grieving the loss of a parent so I'm not going to be selfish and put myself in this this hole and only focus on me and if I did do that there's nothing wrong with that don't get me wrong but I know that I need to be there for her children I know that I need to be there for her grandchildren and that's what I'm what I'm doing. And if you're someone that's grieving or if you're someone that's experiencing this, what I want to tell you, since this show is about 
the pain-free zone, moving from pain to wellness is having faith that can help us understand our loss and find a sense of meaning and hope after loss. So for me, I'm a woman of faith. For you, your faith not be religious faith, and that's your choice. You know, it could be faith in your own, you know, resilience or your connection to your community, what, whatever it is. All that I'm saying is, you know, there's hope after loss. And I think you have to find your own sense of meaning. Okay. And um, that's what I'm doing. Um, there's a lot of layers of loss that's going on around us, right? There is a loss, a lot of loss. And what I'm coming to terms with is processing that, embracing the grieving process, um, accepting that, accepting that, you know, that was her choice, that even though she had plenty of opportunities to become vaccinated, it was her choice not to be vaccinated. And as much as I would have loved for her to do that, because I feel that it could have saved her, that was her choice to make. That's not a choice I can make for for anyone. Um, so all I can do is continue to love her and have faith that we will see each other again. You know, when that time comes for me. You know, we need to be patient with ourselves. We need to be patient with others. Um, if you, maybe you're experiencing a loss, but it's not COVID related. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one due to another type of illness. Maybe it's the loss of, you know, some type of relationship. It could even be loss of a job, you know, loss of a career, loss and grieving, Sometimes, folks, we don't allow ourselves to grieve. So whatever you're going through, what I what I will say to you in closing is it will get better with time. I'm a firm believer of that I'm standing on Hope Avenue each and every day that it's going to get better with time. It hurts. It hurts deeply. I've never experienced this before. I have experienced loss. Yes, I have experienced the loss of a loved one. But the first sibling who has passed away due to COVID. And so I see God already working. I see how the family is getting closer, closer with the kids, closer with her, her, her grandchildren. Okay. Um, it's just taking the time out. To take care of you. That's what I want to impress upon you. Taking the time out to take care of you, your mental health. So if you need help, you need counseling, then I recommend that you, you do that. You see your local chaplain, you see your pastor, you see your minister, your, your, your rabbi or whomever it is for you. Okay. Do whatever you need to do to feel better. And so I thank you for being with us here today until we meet again. Soul Care Services Incorporated DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus.
At Soul Care Services Incorporated, we take great pride in helping patients return to an independent and fulfilling life. Improving patient outcomes by providing a continuum of care through disease and care management. Why choose us? Our staff is multilingual. Communication between patients and their health care providers is fundamental for ensuring quality health care and developing trusting relationships. It is an important component of patient satisfaction, compliance, and outcomes. When a healthcare professional can understand their patients' questions and concerns, they can mitigate their confusion and truly understand what help they seek. Do you need health care in the home? Then call us today, 847-260-5140, or visit www.soulcareservices.com. Soul Care Services Incorporated, DBA Bridging Care Home Health Plus. Your health is our only concern.